0: Somebody say, I receive that, I receive that. What God wants to do in your life, he wants it to rest upon your life. To cause a blessing to rest on your house. Um, I want to preach a message for the next few moments entitled, It's Above Me Now. It's Above Me Now. Alrighty, thank you so much, gentlemen. Um, We are in this new series entitled Juicy. And uh, I'm so grateful for our creative team who is helping us to express the word of God. Um, Amen. We can thank God for them. Um, If you did not receive your note card when you came into the worship experience and you would like one, would you raise your hand? Um, People are coming now to place some into your hand. I want to encourage you to utilize your note card. Um, It's going to give you some very brief notes that I'll mention in this message, but the back of it is where you want to write your notes, and we encourage you that if you like to, you can use it even as an invitation um, to invite someone to the house of God through this particular note card. Are you ready for the word? Yes. Yes. I want to I teach you a couple of things, and one of the things that I want to talk to you about as we've been discussing the topic of first fruits, the last Sunday, bless anybody, yeah, it blessed me. And, um, and we want to continue in the journey of this discussion of first fruits. And I want to give you this clarity today um, inside of this message. And it's this. First fruits, during the beginning of the harvest, it was the section of the field where grain ripened first and would be quartered away. Are you following with me so far? It was marked holy to the Lord. Before the rest of the field was harvested, harvested, they brought just that first section to the temple and presented it to the peace, to the priest. The rest of the field is then blessed by the remainder of the grace and the anointing that God releases through the priest. That rest of it or the remainder that was left was now blessed. Somebody say, I get it. it. One of the feasts of God that God put in place in the days of the children of Israel, there were seven of them, but this is one of them. I'm going to list the seven for you. Here it is. There was the Passover feast, there was the unleavened bread, there was the first fruits, it was the Pentecost, the trumpets, the atonement, and the feast of tabernacles. These were times where God gave his people specific instructions that you would come to me in a particular way. And when you came to me in that particular way, I would respond by my presence. Are you rocking with me so far? So there were seven. How many? There were seven feasts that the children of Israel engaged. God said, if you follow my instructions and you come to me in this particular way, I will respond and my response will be myself. It will be my presence. Are you getting this today? So, last week we talked about this, and I'll remind you first fruits in the Hebrew is the word bakirim. And this is what it means promise to come. Promise to come. So, when you think first fruits, I always want you to put your mind into the place that I have a promise and that promise is coming. Say that I have a promise and that promise is coming. Say it again I have a promise and that promise is coming. Okay. So God called the first fruit his own and holy. Write that down. God called the first fruits his own. It belonged to him. And it is holy. And it is holy. And it is holy. When you understand that word holy, you might have heard it dropped around, but some of us don't really understand it because we, we, we use it. My my, my son, um, he, he my oldest child, he loves different kinds of food, and so he'll go by a restaurant and be like, That restaurant is that's holy. It's fine, it's holy. So, we, 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 so we, we throw away, we throw around the word holy often, but I really need you to get the distinction um, of, of what holy really means, right? It's, the, it's something that's been set apart by God for his use, right? And, and something can only be considered holy by the mandate of God. Did you understand what I said? God determines what is holy, But I love that because on the opposite side, what a lot of religious people have tried to do is call different things holy or not holy. And it did not come from God. Are y'all rocking with me today? God determines what's holy. That's good news. Because that means that God determines whether you're holy or not. After the cross, holiness has nothing to do with any kinds of actions except, except, except obedience to God. As I align myself with God, and I'm obedient to God, he says, be ye holy, for I am holy. Anything that he commands you to do, he gives you the grace to do it. So it's not not about an idea of me dressing a certain way. It's not an idea by me wearing a certain level of clothing. Glory to God. Because some of the stuff y'all call holy ain't holy. Talk to me, please. Right? And some of the stuff we say are not holy, they are holy. Because the thing is, God determines what's considered holy, and we do not. Amen to that? So he says, the first fruit is mine, his, and it's holy. So the first fruit were brought to the sanctuary in a basket and presented to the priest. It was an expression of thanksgiving. Write that down. First fruit was an expression of thanksgiving. And it was an expression of thanksgiving for the deliverance of Israel from Egypt. Okay. So, so it's, it's my, it's my uh, exhibit of thanksgiving from what God has brought me out of. Are you understanding this? See, some of us, so I got to stay for a minute because some of us forgot we've been delivered. You, you've been you've been you've been serving so long. You've been you've been in, you've been you've been saved so long that you forgot what you came out of, right? And and when you for start forgetting like that, then you start not realizing that you still need another level of deliverance. Appreciate your first deliverance. Appreciate your salvation that delivered you out of light and brought you into the darkness. But how many of you know? You got a whole lot going on in that flesh that you need to deliver- Y'all quieted here. And I said, you got a whole lot going on in that flesh that you still need deliverance from. Look at your neighbor say, come out. out. That's why you got to keep it. You got to keep it at the forefront of your mind that you're not finished with deliverance. That mouth of yours needs deliverance. I was sitting down with a young boy the other day and I was talking to him. I was talking to him about the importance of him realizing that, that listen to me, sweet water and bitter water should never come out of the same place. we to walk him through the understanding that he had to shift his mouth to align with what God said. And some of us, listen to me, no condemnation, just truth. Just truth, okay? No condemnation, just truth. Some of us got to realize that we've got to allow our mouths to be cleansed. This is for free. This is not even in my notes, but I feel like somebody needs to hear this. Because we want to work it for the kingdom and work it for hell at the same time. Don't work like that. I said it. Don't work like that. You've got to dedicate that mouth of yours to the right kingdom and leave it there. Next. First fruits was brought to the sanctuary in a basket and presented to the priest as an expression of Thanksgiving for the deliverance of Israel from Egypt. Okay, Um, it, it was a feast. It was a feast. It was a feast. It was it was a celebration. It was a it was a moment of Thanksgiving. It was not something I want you to catch this. Thanksgiving is never done with a frown. I know some of y'all think you've been thankful, but that ain't Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is never done with a frown. Don't know. Real Thanksgiving don't come looking at you ugly. Are y'all in here? Real Thanksgiving don't come to you bitter. But thank you. What is that? Appreciate it. What? So I want you to think about this. When we bring God our first fruit, it ought to come with joy. You're teaching, Sherman. Thank you, sir. It ought to come with joy. Somebody say, with joy. With a smile on your face. Some people have said thank you to me, and then I watch other people say thank you to me because the person said thank you but they really weren't thankful. I'm the only one that ever experienced that before. So I'll do something for a group of people and some of the people are just ungrateful that are in the circle, right? So they were never planning to say thank you. Because they're just flat out ungrateful. They're not thankful, right? But, But then because the person next to them, you know, the person next to them was like, thank you, apostle. Then they were like, oh, Thank you, Pastor. No, keep it. Y'all quiet in here. (laughs) Now, now, let me tell you what it has to do with anything. Some of us are only thankful because the next person is doing it like that in church. You actually didn't plan on saying nothing to God. But you felt under peer pressure because the role was saying something to God. And so you offered God any old kind of thanks. Y'all don't want this today. Some of you did it in worship today. You weren't really thankful, but because everybody else was jumping around you, you were like, well, at least I can say thank you. I want to offer something to you. God doesn't have to accept any sacrifice. Oh, this is good. So some of your so-called sacrifices were hitting a bronze heaven. Didn't even reach God. Because a thanksgiving disconnected from your heart is not thanksgiving at all. I'm preaching in here. Just talking about what you offer the Lord. At every level and in every space. Are you learning today? So the first fruit was brought to the priest who was responsible for the temple and the things of God. Somebody say, I get it. Give me Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 35. We're just going to walk through the word. I'm going to show you some things. I'm going to show you some things. And then I promise you I'm going to challenge you. Okay. Nehemiah 10, verse 35. Are you there? Say, I'm there. If you're waiting for it to come on the screen, say, that's me. Okay. Appreciate you. And we made our ordinance... To bring the first fruit of our ground and the first fruit of all fruit of all trees. Somebody say, of all fruit of all trees. So what's that saying? It's saying what we dealt with last week. If, If all the increase we have had, we bring to him the first fruit of it. Look at this. Year by year, to what? Talk to me. To what? To the house of the Lord. So the first fruit of everything, of everything. Somebody say of everything. of everything, and we bring it to God. We go to the next verse, our next part, to bring the firstborn of your sons and of, of our cattle, as it is written in the law, and the firstborn of your of our herds and our flocks to the house of God, to the priests who minister in uh, in the house of our God. So he's saying everything. Somebody say everything. Notice, it's even saying your firstborn. Like he's saying everything. Bring it, bring it to the house of God. Bring it to the house of God. That's really important. Can I pause there for a minute? Some things that we've forgotten is that um, th- there's a principle that I find find in the in the life um, of, of Samuel. His mother had enough sense to bring him to the house of God, yes. and to allow for him to be molded, and to allow for him. To be, to be built up and to be strengthened to complete his God-given purpose. There's something happening in the lives of families where it's this idea that children have a choice. And I know you with that new age foolishness. And I know you with that new age rights. Rights for children. The last time I checked, the word of God said, raise up a child. Watch it. Y'all don't remember them kind of scriptures. And the way they should go. I'm going to tell you the way you should go. I don't wake up in the morning and say, little Johnny, do you want to go to church this morning? And this is what some of your problem is. You're like, well, that's what my mama did to me and it didn't work. Actually, that's not what your mama did to you. Your mama brought you to the house of God and didn't live nothing. That's what your mama did. She dragged you to church every time the church doors was open, but they went home and cussed you out. That's what your mama did. That's why I didn't work with you. Y'all quiet in here. See, if you live it right, your children will cry to go to church. Y'all missed it. I said, if you live it right, your children will cry to go to church. My children ain't regular PKs. Y'all used to them preachers' kids that act a fool and run amok. But my children say, please take me to the house of God. When we go into prayer, can we go to corporate prayer? Are we going to this meeting? Is the conference coming? When is the next gathering? When is the time for worship? When you live it right, your children will follow. Get your neighbor and say, he talking to you. Everything you have ought to be brought to the house. A choice. Let's keep moving. Second Chronicles. 31st chapter. Just talking. Just stay with me. I will offend you next. I promise. Second Chronicles. Chapter 31 and verse 5. 2nd Chronicles, chapter 31 and verse 5, it says, As soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in what? Money. What does it say? Money. Brought in abundance the first fruit of grain and wine and oil and honey, and all, somebody say all, Aww. all of the produce of the field, and they brought it abundantly, the tithe of everything, watch this, they brought the first fruit, watch this Watch this next word, and, I just want us to look at it, look at your Bible please, I told you I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to offend you. It's going to be really good. I promise. They brought first fruit and. Now, don't talk to me law because I just laid that out last week. That's your fault if you weren't here last week. Go back and watch the message because I told you very clearly that the principle of first fruit was given before there ever was a law. Which means we can't throw it away after the law. A hush came in Zion. They brought the first fruit and they brought in abundance the tithe of everything. Are you seeing it? All right. Alright, just want to make sure you're seeing it. Alright, let's go to let's go to Nehemiah twelve and forty-four. Let's go to Nehemiah twelve and forty-four. Twelve and forty four it is. And at the same time, some were appointed over the room. Let me... I'm in a dark space. The, the creative team asked me not to do that. Let me get to the center. It's <sighs> for our videos. You know, video message go out. Hey, everybody watching us on YouTube. Give our YouTube audience a hand. This is for you. And at the same time, some were appointed over the rooms of the storehouse... For the offerings, the first fruit and the tithes. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing it? I didn't write it. I didn't come up with it. Just the deliverer. The first fruit and the tithes to gather into them from the fields of the cities, the proportions specified by the law for the priests and Levites. Okay, let me give you a scripture I want you to write down. I'm not going to read this one, but I want you to write it down. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. Read it for yourself later. That's going to bring you to understand of the tithe. Now, what I don't want you to read it is, I don't want you to read it from a fierce posture. Okay, that scripture has been abused to make people scared into tithing. Are you here? I want you to know Jesus died for the curse. So when you read it, I don't want you to read it from the perspective that I'm speaking and saying that you're cursed if you don't tithe. But I do want you to read it, and I want you to let God talk to you through it. Will you do that later? Okay, I appreciate those who are not making a commitment because you know you don't read the Bible. I appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate that. All right. Here's the next scripture I want you to write down. Deuteronomy 26, verses 1 through 2. That's going to take you into another level of understanding concerning first fruit. Okay? So I want you to look at both of them. I want you to look at them together. I want you to look at them separately. And I want you to get an understanding that there's a difference. I want you to say there's a difference. Okay, here's some things that I want you to write down. Because I was thinking about you as I was preparing. And I was thinking, I told Apostle Chiquette, I was thinking, what are some of the questions that people could have as I introduce to them something they have not seen before? And one of the things that I know that your question is going to come is what is the difference between the tithe and a first fruits offering? Right. So I was thinking for you. So so I wanted to offer you some things. Okay. so get ready to take notes. The tithe is calculated from the amount we have already earned. Write that down. First fruit is offered in relationship to what God wants us to have. I'm going to say it again. I'll say it again. The tithe is calculated from the amount we have already earned. Okay, The first fruit is offered in relationship to what God wants us to have. Are you, are you, are you going with me today? Now, I'm, let me say this to you. It's so vitally important. You have, you have a lot of teachers and pastors and stuff who are afraid to talk to you about anything having to do with your finances. I'm not one of them. Because what I realized, my job it would be a shame for me to teach you about every single other thing on the planet and never deal with you about the stewardship of the seed God has given you. I would be doing you a disservice to just prophesy to you, cast your devils out, heal your sick body, and then not walk you through what the Bible says about your money. Somebody say, I know it's right. Okay, so what happens is, Two groups of people that are in a room like this. There are people who are ready to learn and grow. And then there are people who are restricted by the spirit of poverty. So anytime you hear the word money, you want to run because you know you don't have none. So what we try to do, a lot of us, we try to avoid problems. Please help me today, y'all. Just say amen. Front row, y'all ain't saying much to me. So So I, I wake up. Listen to me. P.J. said, "We' saying something. Listen to me, let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you when, uh, that you know you have the spirit of poverty trying to operate in you, when you avoid looking at bills. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> Just because you don't open the envelope does not mean it's going to disappear, my friend. Some of you laughing because you know I'm talking to you. You have a stack of envelopes you refuse to look at. Because you're like, maybe if I never open it, then it's really not a reality. What does poverty say? You don't have enough. Catch this, please. What does poverty say? You don't have enough. What does poverty say? You don't have enough. And poverty says there is nothing else to get. You don't have enough and there's nothing else to get. Abundance mindset says that I might not have everything that I need, but what I have in my hand can be my seed. I will say it again, BJ. Abundant mindset says, I may not have everything that I need, but what's in my hand could be my seed. The Bible talk bars. The Bible says, the Bible says very clearly. <laughs> I got to make you, make you laugh while you take this medicine today. Uh, the, the, the Bible makes it very clear. There is seed and there is bread. There's a difference. There's seed and there's bread. There's a difference. Right? Some stuff is to be sown. Some things are to be consumed. And you have to know the difference. And part of the way that you know it's not to be consumed is because it's not enough. And if God wants me to live in abundance and this is not enough... This must be seen. Thank you. I appreciate all the amens I'm getting. man. Appreciate your support today. Okay, so. Pastor Brandon keeps saying it is juicy. This is juicy. It, he is killing me right now. It is very important. It is vitally important that you know the difference. Am I helping you today? So you can't consume your seed. It's important that you don't consume your seed. Right? And then I'm going to say it differently. It's important that you don't sow your bread. How do I end up sowing my bread? When God has given me more than enough And then people start noticing because when you live in abundance, you can try to hide it as much as you can. But eventually abundance is gonna tell on you. So you can wear the most drag, you know. Real rich people don't wear the money. New money wears their money. Urban culture wears their money. Are y'all in here today? Real money, you'll never know. What was that man that started Apple? Bill Gates? The, who, oops, wrong person Steve Jobs They don't all look the same I promise they don't None of us do Steve Jobs I'm, I'm going to get there I'm going to get back to this Steve Jobs If you were to watch him and Bill Gates Both of them, okay For the sake of if you were to watch them, they're not walking around wearing their money. Right? But still, abundance will tell on you because abundance will tell on you because you're not as stressed as everybody else. The end of the month coming, you like, you're on the beach. They're like, what, what, kind of, what are you doing? Because you are so relaxed. We're coming to the end of the month. We ain't lost all money. We ain't got nothing. What is going on with you? Because abundance will tell on itself. And when abundance starts telling on itself, oftentimes people will start begging for the abundance that you have. Listen to me. And if you're not led by the Spirit, you'll sow your bread. When God said, I was trying to give you enough bread to enjoy. That's for the devils that make you feel like God don't want you to enjoy your bread. I can't hear you. But the Lord want me on the beach. He told me. I don't care what you say. The Lord want me in Dubai. I don't care where you turn. The Lord want me in the best of the best. I don't care about your poverty mindset. The Lord want me to live in the house on the hill. I ain't studying you. I'm going to live where I want to live. Drive where I want to drive. Go where I want to go. Somebody holler, abundance. You can keep poverty, dog on it. Back to the difference between the tithe and the first fruit. Are you, are you learning? Okay, here it is. The tithe we give reflects our past productivity. The first fruit offering declares our future productivity. Did you get that? Somebody said no. I'm not going to be able to talk this slow for all of it. Here it is. The tithe we give reflects our past productivity. The first fruit offering declares our future productivity. Here's the next. The tithe is given in faith for protection over what we have already earned. The first fruit offering is given in faith for protection over what we will earn. You getting this? I'm going to say it again. The tithe is given in faith for the protection over what we have already earned. The first fruit often is given in faith for protection over what we will earn. Here's the next. The tithe looks back in thanksgiving for all we have received. The first fruit looks forward to the blessings we will receive. Are you catching this? All right. So... What well, the Bible said in our text today, in Ezekiel chapter 44 and 30, it says that you take that first fruit of all your increase. Somebody say, of all your increase. All your increase. And you bring it to the priest. Yes. Okay? Do we all see that in scripture? Yes. Are you rocking with me so far? Yes. He said, bring it to the priest. Bring it to the house of the Lord. Are you catching this so far? Yes. Okay? Why the priest? God had anointed the leadership in the structure he had built to release the blessing. I'm gonna say it again. God had anointed the priest in the structure he had built to release the blessing. Okay? So this is really important because that's why you've got to understand you can't just have just a relationship with God. It's silent in here. This is why it's important to have a man or woman of God. I appreciate that lady in the back. She's my friend. It's important. Watch this, please. Please get this. this. You need a covering. You and your grown self. You and your your degrees and, and all your accomplishments and all your kids. Everything you got, you need a covering. You don't need to be walking around in this culture in a space where all kinds of things are able to hit you and touch you, just because of the fact that you have not submitted yourself under the proper covering. Oh, I'm quiet, quiet, listen, but get this, get this, get this, please. Some of us, some of us need to understand. You ought to say Amen because there was a season where you know you was under the wrong covering. You ain't said nothing. You was under a false covering. You was under something faking like it was a covering. You was you was under an imposter. Oh Miss Jesse, when you get under the right covering, there's safety. There's safety. No covering is perfect. No covering smiles at you every time they see you. That's not a one. And if they are, they faking. I don't need to smile at you every time I see you because I'm going to let you see the real. Glory to God. Amen. Some days, some days I ain't happy to see you. Glory to God. And I'm not going to fake like I am. Like, how you doing, apostle? I'm all right. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm just blessed here. God is moving. No, I'm straight. But you need the right covering yeah. because the right covering releases the right blessing. Yeah. The right covering. See, Elisha needed Elijah. Yeah. I know you don't like the way that sounds because we don't like to say we need nobody. Yeah. It's quiet. Yeah. You hear the, are you them in the back? Yeah. Them crickets for the violins. Y'all hear You need a covering. It's not optional in order to be able to grow in God. Why the heck would he say in Ephesians 4 that he gave you the gifts? He gave you a gift he didn't want you to utilize. So he gave you apostles. He gave you prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, but he didn't want you to have one. The right covering will change everything. When you get under the right covering, your gifts come alive. You get under the right covering when you try to be rebellious. That right covering, you are always hearing in the back of your head. You'll hear the voice of your leader. The voices of your leaders say, now you know that's stupid. You'll hear the voice of your leaders in the back of your head. Now you know you need to get it right. God will use the voice of your leaders to get you straight every time. Hit your neighbor and say, the right covering. Leviticus. I'm going over time because I can. Leviticus, chapter nine and verse twenty-two. There's a scripture. I was talking to our Las Vegas campus. Talked to our Las Vegas campus last Sunday night. We were talking online, doing online teaching with them every Sunday night, and I was teaching them, and I showed them a scripture in the Bible where the Bible says that there is a time where God will give you to guardians and tutors. It's a time where God will give you to guardians and tutors. But, but what, what I was drawing, the distinction I was drawing is that not everybody who's been in spiritual leadership over your life has been a covering. Some of those people were temporary guardians and tutors. Appreciate everything they gave to you. They help get you saved. They help you come into the fundamentals of Christ. But not every guardian and tutor is supposed to be a covering. The church where I grew up in, great tutor, great guardian. I will never forget honoring him. Not my covering. A covering, I got to drop this here. A covering has to have the equipment available and functional to get you specifically where you need to go. <laughs> what did Aaron do? Then Aaron lifted his hand toward the people. And what did the man do? Oh, what a covering. No Aaron, no blessing. Who's going to bless you if there's no Aaron in place? I I can hear you in your head right now. I mean, God going to bless me. Spell blessing. Quote three scriptures that have blessing in it. Until... You can go a direction where you can prove it to me in scripture. Hush your mouth. Sounds nice. But I want to know how you got a hall pass from God's structure. Can you teach me how to get one? How'd you get a hall pass? I mean, you get to just travel wherever you want to travel. Do whatever you want to do. Please show me how you got that done. Somebody say, you preach an apostle. Thank you. And the rest of you, bless you. Here we go. Then Aaron lifted his hand toward the people. When you get the right covering, you got to protect your relationship with it. I'm preaching first fruits in here. Because the devil will always try to try to attack your relationship between you and your Aaron because he knows your blessing is connected to it. Why do I keep sticking my tongue out while I preach it? it's the second time I did that. You've got to understand. The devil will always attack your relationship between you and your Aaron because he wants to take your blessing. So one of the greatest spaces he'll try to cause for offense to come is between you and your Aaron. <laughs> so you've got to protect the covenant I'm throwing words around here that I wish I had the time to, to really it, 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 just because I need to make sure I'm just checking the crowd I don't want to waste your time you can go home if you feel like this is not for you I will have no problem with you just exiting the building right now but if this is blessing you would you just wave your hand at me I just want to check Okay, appreciate you You don't got to lie to kick it but I just appreciate it Aaron lifted his hand Toward the people, the people, when the hand is lifted, make sure you're in position. Don't be out of position when the hand is lifted. And it's possible to be physically in position and not in position within your heart. I feel so anointed. Like the power of God is on me so strong in his teaching. I hope you're getting this today. The hand is lifted toward the people. Let me keep moving. He blessed them. Came down from the offering, the sin offering, the burnt offering, the peace offerings. Next verse. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting. Came out and what? This is why you want to make sure that your Moses and your Aaron are never in a posture where they can't have time in his presence. If you irritate your Moses and Aaron to the point where they're focused on stuff that they should never be focused on, then we're messing with the blessing and we're messing with the glory. If leadership in any church, and I'm not cutting my church, I have a great church, I have great leaders that serve under me. I'm not, this is not a cut me message. I'm not, this is not me venting. I'm, not, I'm, I'm happy about what God has blessed me with. They're hard headed sometimes, but I thank God for them. Just facts. I ain't gonna lie to you. They can be some hard headed people, but I thank God for them. Right? So I'm not cutting. This is not one of the moments. I just need you to catch this. Okay? Catch you. That's why any leadership structure in any church is important that the leadership structure is in position. Because if the leadership structure, the volunteers are not in position, then it doesn't let Moses and Aaron do what they're supposed to do. They have to go into the they gotta go into the tabernacle of meeting. But when they come out, When they come out, there's a blessing and not only is there a blessing, the glory of the Lord. But look at this, the glory of the Lord did not appear until Moses and Aaron showed up. Y'all don't like what I'm saying. So appreciate your stay at home self. But according to scripture, there's some glory you will never experience unless I'm there. This kind of stuff get me in trouble. Just tad bit controversial. I'm just looking at the word. All right. So the Lord appeared to all the people. Next, please. We're almost done, guys. I promise. And the fire. Oh, my God. Wait, not only blessing, but glory. And. came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted. And what they do? Whew. The kind of glory that's about to experience is the kind of glory that doesn't affect one, but it affects all. And when it touches all, all respond. So you need to bring our first offerings to the priest so that the priest can bless it. When the priest blesses it, according to our text today in Ezekiel chapter 44, it says the blessing hits our entire house. Somebody say our entire house. house. Say our entire house. house. Go back to Ezekiel 44 and 30. I'm done. Play something softly. We out of here. It's important for you to understand this, that as you bring the first fruit, any kind every sacrifice of any kind from all your sacrifices shall be the priest also you shall give to the priest the first fruit of the ground the meal and this the cause this is what's going to happen to your life it will cause rather a blessing to rest on your house i feel like talking to somebody today you are about to step into another level of blessing What God is about to release to your life. This is what I did not say. I did not say you'll never be blessed if you never have a pastor. I didn't say that, not one time. I said there's a particular type of blessing that God wants to release upon your life that can only come from headship in God's house. That's what I said. I'm not telling you you'll never be blessed if you don't bring a first fruit. I'm telling you that there is a blessing that you could miss out on if you do not do it. The Bible says that when we brought the first fruit, somebody say the first. The first, it calls a blessing to rest on the house. When I I bring the first fruit, God blesses the rest. Are you getting this today? Are you getting this today? Your blessing is coming. Now, I'm about to to close this, but I want to close it the right way. I need you to find somebody around you that look like they're ready for the blessing. I don't know what that looks like, but just... follow me here Uh, find find somebody that look like they're ready for the blessing and and tell them the blessing of God is coming to your house I want you would you look down your row just look down your row and say hey you you. tell them the blessing of God is coming on your house no, 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 no! Would you look behind you? Find somebody and tell them the blessing of God is coming on your house. What I love about the blessing of God when it's released, the devil can't stop the blessing when it's released. The enemy can't stop the blessing when it's released. Don't matter what you say about it. Once the blessing is on me, it's irreversible. You cannot change my blessing. You cannot shift my blessing. The blessing is coming on your house. Listen to me. I gotta move. But the last Sunday in January. We are bringing God our first fruit. What do you mean, Apostle? We're going to bring God one week's salary to God on the last Sunday in January. We're going to engage this feast that was created before there was a law. And we're going to receive the blessing that God has already structured to be released over our lives. Why am I telling you now? Because I want you to be able to prepare. I need you to be able to plan. I need you to be able to do it. There is no judgment. If you opt out, opt out. We're good with that. We're not forcing anybody. There's no forceful hand here. We're teaching you the word and we're allowing you the opportunity to respond to it. We're going to gather a week's salary and we're going to bring it to the Lord the last Sunday in January. In that service, I'm going to pray for literally every single family that I possibly can. I'm going to pray, Apostle Jacket and I, we're going to break off, and we're going to release the blessing of the Lord on every single family in this space. That's what that Sunday is going to look like. And listen to me. When, when, when the blessing is released... I want you to look at the Bible about every time that a blessing was released upon people. How God used Jesus, how God used Elijah, how God used so many. God used Moses, God used Aaron to be able to release the blessing of the Lord upon the people. And I'm telling you that we're stepping into another level. Didn't I tell you that abundance was coming in 2020 and so it was going to be your year of stewardship? It's going to come on the other end of the blessing from the giving of our first fruit. Now, I need about 100 people to give God a praise for the opportunity to suffer. Everybody standing with me.